3, be looking at verses 1 through 14 this morning. On uh, Our Daily Bread, which is a uh, devotional, we have some in the back, several years ago told a story of an elderly man. He was in the hospital with his wife of 55 years by his bedside. Is that you, Ethel, at my side again, he whispered. Yes, dear, she answered. He softly said to her, remember years ago when I was in the veterans hospital, you were there with me then. You were with me when we lost everything in the fire. When we were poor, you stuck with me then too. The man sighed and said, I tell you, Ethel. You are bad luck. And I'm sure he said this with a twinkle in his eye and appreciative of her love and loyalty. But this joke, if you will, does raise an important question. Who is worthy of your lifelong loyalty? 2019 will soon be history. The year 2020 will be here Wednesday morning. Assuming, of course, the good Lord don't come back between now and then. So I want you to take this the next few moments to reflect back on this past year. As individuals and as a church. And to kind of help you do this. I want to show show a short video about New Year's resolutions and reflecting back. things that you saw go across the screen kind of speak to you. You make all these resolutions and we resolve to do this and we resolve to do that. But 
as we think about all that, who deserves your unending commitment? To whom should you cling to for the rest of your life? And in our passage today, we find another old man giving a farewell address. He's had long years of hard experience, and he talks about the only one who he has found who is worth clinging to forever. Let's look at our passage, Joshua chapter 23, verse 1. Now it came about after many days, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies on every side, and Joshua was old, advanced in years, that Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders and their heads and their judges and their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in years. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has been fighting for you. See, I have apportioned to you these nations which remain as an inheritance for your tribes. With all the nations which I have cut off. From the Jordan even to the great sea toward the setting of the sun. The Lord your God, he will thrust them out before you and drive them before you. And you will possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. Be very firm, then, to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, so that you may not turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you will not associate with these nations, these which remain among you, or mention the name of their gods, or make anyone swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them. But you are to cling to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out great and strong nations from before you. And as for you, no man has stood before you to this day. One of your men puts to flight a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you, just as he promised you. So take diligent heed to yourselves to love the Lord your God. For if you ever go back and cling to the rest of these nations... These which remain among you and intermarry with them so that you associate with them and they with you. Know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you. But there will be a snare and a trap to you and a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Now behold, today I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in your souls that not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke concerning you has failed. All have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. Look at verses 1 and 2. Joshua is gathering all the leaders of Israel together for one last meeting. They have been through a lot together, through agonies and excitement of establishing a new nation and a new land. They experienced times of great victory and at times defeat. They enjoyed times of great celebration together, even endured a time where civil war almost broke out. But God has been good to them through it all. And in verses 3 and 5, he talks about there's still nations out there to conquer, but God will drive them out just as he promised. He has been faithful to you, Now be faithful to him. Look around you. 
Forestburg Baptist Church is still here. God has been faithful to us. He's been faithful to bring new people to us. He's been faithful to see five baptisms just a few weeks ago. He's been faithful to bring the children in from the school and the association we have with the school. God has been faithful to us. Has it been easy? No. Is there times you want to give up? Yes. But the point Joshua is making and I'm making to you now is God has been with us all through it. Faithful with us. In verses 6 and 8, he's telling them that God has stuck with you. Now, you stick with him. Do not pursue other gods. Don't even mention the name of their gods. There's only one true God. That's God of the Bible. That's Yahweh. The everlasting. The eternal one. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Be faithful to the one who has been faithful to you. And after all the years of hard experience, Joshua advises his leaders and us today to cling to the Lord your God. What are we going to do? They're going to try to impeach the president. Congress has fallen down. We seem can't to make headway with the gospel in our country. The answer is cling to the Lord your God. He has been faithful to you in the past. He has stuck with him, stuck with you. Commit the rest of your life to God. By the way, by being faithful to God is the only way that you can be everything that God's called you to be. Everyone in this room has spiritual gifts. You have a talent that only you can do. And God wants you to use that for His glory. Without sticking with Him, being faithful to Him, you'll never understand your full potential for the kingdom of God if you don't remain faithful to Him as He is faithful to you. Think about this. Why do some musicians and athletes excel? Why others, they're good, but they're just kind of mediocre. What is it that makes them excel over many others? And in this book, The Social Animal, David Brooks points to current research that reveals the common denominator. You know what the common denominator in all the professions, be it business or athlete or musician? It's long-term commitment. Never giving up. He writes in his book, in 1997, Gary McPherson studied 157 randomly selected children as they picked out and learned a musical instrument. Some went on to become fine musicians, and some faltered. McPherson searched for the traits that separated those who progressed from those who did not. IQ was not a good predictor. Neither was aerial sensitivity, math skills, income, or a sense of rhythm. The best single predictor was a question McPherson asked the students before they even selected their instruments. How long do you think you will play? The students who planned to play for a short time did not become very proficient. The students who planned to play for a few years had modest success. But there were some children who said, in effect, I want to be a musician. I'm going to play my whole life. 
those children soared. It wasn't a question of smarts, IQ. It didn't matter their musical ability. The kids who said, I want to do this all my life are the ones who really excelled in playing a musical instrument. There is something about long-term commitment. And it's true of those who, who choose to follow Christ. Those who say, I'll, I'll try it for a while, usually don't do very well. But those who say, I'm going to follow Jesus, give my entire life to him, those are the ones that soar. Oh, let's not kid ourselves. They stumble, but over the long haul, they become everything that God's called them to be. Are we guilty? And I'm guilty of this, that we want everything yesterday. (laughs) We live in such an instant gratification society. We want everything yesterday. And people come and they hear about Jesus and the good news and they give their life to him. But as soon as things get hard, they leave. It's those who have the long-term commitment to him to be faithful to him through any circumstance. Those are the ones who endure to the end. Where is your commitment level? Are you willing to stick with it to the end no matter what happens? I'll put it to you this way. I am to be faithful to God regardless of what you do. I'm to, to preach the, the gospel, to preach the word of God, regardless of how many people show up or don't show up. I'm to be faithful to the calling God has placed on my life, regardless of what people do in response to that. That means all my professors of seminary could walk away from the faith. All of you could walk out. I am to be faithful to him. Even my wife could turn her away. I'm still to remain faithful to the calling God has placed on my life. It's only through that that I'll be everything God called me to be. But so often we just want to give up, throw in the towel, because we don't get the results that we want very quickly. What does it mean to cling to Christ? Look at Mark 8, Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and following. Jesus speaking, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Forever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Clinging to Christ simply means you're going to risk it all. There's nothing you're holding back. Here's everything. It's like when we say you need to trust Christ. To trust Christ and to have faith in Him, it's kind of like if you ever get on the airplane and for some reason you want to try skydiving. I think I want to try that. That's the second time I've mentioned that, but I think someone have to push me out the plane. But as I fall, there is nothing I can do. I can flap my arms and think I can fly. I can sing the song, I believe I can fly, but I'm still going to go right down because of what? The law of gravity. There's nothing I can do. All I can do is pull that ripcord. I'm putting all my trust and faith that that parachute is going to open up, and now I can land safely on the ground. That's what it means to trust Christ. You can't do anything yourself. You're putting all your trust And faith in Him. God, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what lies in store, but I know you're faithful. I'm going to be faithful to you. And together, we're going to walk side by side. Look what's happened here. 
The church has some hard times. Many of this room said, no, I'm going to remain faithful to this church. And it's still here. God has shown us and proved us that He is not done here. He wants to do more work. And He's asking me and He's asking you today, are you going to remain faithful? Are you going to stick it out? Do you have that long-term commitment? And you will not walk away. Jim Elliott, perhaps you heard of that name, was a missionary. There was a movie made of his life called End of the Spear. He was trying to reach the tribe in Ecuador with the gospel. Of course, he was pierced with a spear and he died. But listen to his words. Before he died, he said this. Quote, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. End of quote. How true that is. Look back at Mark. Jesus, Jesus said, what is it to gain the whole world but yet forfeit your soul? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So you cannot keep your life or the things of this world. All that is passing away. The one thing you cannot lose is a relationship with Jesus, not even death can separate you from the love of Christ. Therefore, we are commit our lives to him. Cling to him because you can trust him. Cling to him because you can count on him. People will let you down. I will let you down. It's the way we are. We're human beings. We're not perfect. There's only one perfect one who will never let you down. And his name is Jesus Christ. By the way, Christ is not his last name. It's a title. It means Messiah. It means anointed one. The Lamb of God that takes all the sin away from the world. Thee is the one who will never let you down. Joshua 23 verses 9 and 10. He reminds Israel's leaders that God is the one fighting for them just as he promised. In verse 11, he's committed to them. So he's telling the leaders, be committed to God. Love God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. And I said earlier, people may abandon you. God will never abandon you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, which is quoting, by the way, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. That is a promise we have from Him. He's always walking beside you. You ever... See that, you're familiar with that poem about footprints in the sand? It's been around for a long time. What a beautiful picture it paints. That as you're walking down, you ever walk down the beach, and as you're walking, you know, you're making footprints, you know, in the sand. And it talks about a, a person walking with God, walking down the beach, and he's walking, and he's talking about how it's nice to have fellowship with him, but then he looks back, and he only sees one set of footprints. And the guy goes, God, where were you? And then he looks back and he says, not only was I walking alone, but those were the most desperate times of my life. I was going through crisis and heartache. I was crying out to you and apparently you weren't there because there's only one set of footprints. You know what Jesus answers in response? Oh, I was there. I just had to carry you through that. That is a promise that you and I have from him. We can commit and entrust our life to him. Lord Jesus is trustworthy. He's dependable. He's loyal. He's true. He's authentic. Don't cling to the world. 
because it will con you. Don't commit your life to the pursuit of anything in this world because it will trap you, it will enslave you, and yes, it will destroy you. That is Joshua's warning to the leaders of Israel, and that's our warning today. The world is constantly promising us something that it can never deliver. Verses 12 and 14, he's talking about, do not associate with the remaining nations because they will enslave you and destroy you. God has kept his word and given you all the good things that he has promised or way of translating it, all his promises he has kept. And he's talking about don't associate with these remaining nations. There is a uh, article by Nancy Joe Sales. She's an award winning journalist and New York Times bestseller. And she had a conversation with a teenage girl. She was doing research for her book, Social Media and the Secret Life of Teenagers. So she was doing research and uh, she was talking to this teenage girl. And the teenage girl just said, you know, social media is destroying our lives. So Nancy looked at her and said, why don't you just give it up? That seems straightforward. I mean, it's something destroying your life. Well, get rid of it. Stop doing it. Put it away. Get away from it. Seems reasonable. But you know what the girl's instant response was? We can't give it up because then we would have no life. What a sad answer. Now, I'm not against social media per se. Anything can become an idol. But if something is causing me pain and suffering and causing separation from me and God, I just simply need to give it up. You know, there's a lot of stuff written about bad habits and, and, and from doctors and psychologists, but they always talk about that people get addicted a lot of times in drugs and alcohol, and it's very hard for them to break away. And this is going to sound weird, but what's going on is that they know it's bad. They don't really necessarily do it, but they know and they're familiar with the results. Whereas they walk away from that, and I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. And they're, they're afraid of what might happen, what might happen. In other words, they rather stay in the pain of suffering. They're familiar with that. They're okay with that. They don't like it. But the fear of the unknown starts to play havoc with them. And they say, well, I don't, I just don't, it's hard for me to go that right. I don't know, what's that look like? How's it going to work? How much? That's true of all of us. I should, I should get rid of this. I should commit my life to God. But what's that look like? God, what's it going to happen tomorrow? What's God going to call us to? And, you know, you hear this question in seminary all the time. You should commit your life to the Lord. And someone will say, what happens if he calls me to be a missionary in Africa? I don't want to go to Africa. Well, who says God's going to call you to be a missionary in Africa to begin with? It's the idea of sitting down or standing up and kneeling before God and saying, God, here it is. You do what you want to do. I'll be faithful to you. You know, whether it's social media, the pursuit of wealth or pleasure, thirst for power, the idols promise so much, but they're all a con. They will trap you and they will destroy you in the end. Don't cling to things in this world. It's not worth it in the end. There was an emperor that ruled Japan in the late 1500s. His name is Hideyoshi. He was a warlord, warlord that ruled over Japan. And during his reign, he commissioned a colossal statue of Buddha. 
it was a, a, a for a shrine in Kyoto. It took 50,000 men to build this thing. It was magnificent. But a little thing happened <laughs> called an earthquake in 1596. The shrine roof caved in and destroyed the statue. In a rage, he came in and shot an arrow at the fall, fallen colossus at the statue, shot an arrow at it. And he said, I put you here at great expanse, he shouted, and you can't even look after your own temple. They promised so much. But only God can deliver. The nature of any idol, whether it's a statute or the stuff we sometimes cling to, it will eventually come crashing down around you. I say it once, I'll say it again. Don't cling to the world because it will con you. Instead, we need to cling to the Lord your God because you can count on Him. Jesus demonstrated, He expressed, He displayed His love for us. But it says in the book of Romans, while yet we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus took the punishment we all deserve. That we may have a relationship with God. The year 2019, as I said earlier, will soon be over. Look over this past year. Who's the one who's been faithful? Who's always been there through the good and through the bad? Who has never left your side and walking beside you along the way and at times has carried you when you're not able to walk? Who deserves your unending commitment, dedication, and devotion? To whom should you cling to for the rest of your life? To answer that question, I'm going to quote a hymn writer named Isaac Watts. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life. My all. Dearly beloved, we're on the eve of a new year. A lot of challenges await before us. A lot of difficulties. But in order to face the road ahead of us, let us take one glance back. Because glancing back, we can see how God has worked. Has been faithful. We didn't know. We look back and say, and in that experience, why didn't he answer us? We talked about this in Sunday school. Why didn't he answer us? And you feel in that time and moment, where is God? But he does answer in his timing. We look back and say, yes, that was perfect. Think back now this past year how God has moved in your life as individuals, as a church. And as you think about that, we can face ahead of us with confidence. Joshua had big shoes to fill. He came after Moses. You know what happened to the children of Israel? Been slaves for years in Egypt. Crying out for deliverance. Here comes Moses. They didn't have anything. They walked out of Egypt, plundered the Egyptians and walked out. They get to the edge of the Red Sea. Oh, you got us here to kill us. Here come the Egyptians. Pillar of fire. Holds them back. And the Red Sea splits and they walk on dry ground. All 1.5 million of them, you take what scholar you listen to, cross 
And they get on the other side, and here come the Egyptians after him. And the Red Sea closes and kills all the Egyptians. So they go out and they get at Mount Sinai. By the way, that's a picture of Mount Sinai. God gives them the Ten Commandments. What do they do? They build a golden calf. And there's Aaron, of all people, helping them do it. They move forward. They send spies out to the promised land. God says, I'm going to give you this. And they go out and send spies. And all the spies says, these people are huge. Their cities are huge. We'll never take it. Except for two people, Joshua and Caleb said, if God, yeah, they're right. It's big. They're huge. But if God says we're going to get it, then we need to move forward in faithfulness. Well, they're disobedient. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but they get disobedient and have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years because they don't believe it. And then they cross over to finally take the promised land. What does that mean to you? For lack of a way of a better illustration, this is our promised land. Look around you. These houses, these people, who's the people we should be reaching? God says, I'm going to give you that. Just remain faithful. I'm called you here for a reason, for a purpose. Take them out there. Show them the gospel. Speak true to the message. Don't worry about necessarily the results. Pray for them, but I'll take care of that. You just be faithful to me, and I'll take care of the rest. Well, how are we going to pay for this? Don't worry about that. You just be faithful to me, and I'll take care of the rest. Well, how do we, I can hear God over and over. Tim, don't worry about it. Be faithful to me. I'll take care of the rest. That kind of you sum up this sermon. Taking a feral address that was a, that was spoken years and years and years ago. Joshua reminded them all that they'd been through, all the trials and tribulations, the conquerors, the, the victories, and saying, "You know, God has been so good." We just sang that, didn't we? Cling to Him. For us, for Baptist Church, I don't know how exactly everything's going to work out. I don't know exactly how 2020 is going to unfold. I like to see the church grow spiritually in numbers. I like to see us do more ministry. Yeah, of course I want all those things. How's that going to work out? I don't know. I can't tell you if we do A, B, and C, E, F, and G is going to happen like that. I don't have that knowledge. One thing I do know this, based on past experience, you're faithful to him. He is faithful to you, and he will see it done. Maybe instead of asking God to send more people away to do a specific ministry, maybe God has already answered that prayer by going, well, how about you? Why won't you pick it up? So take these next few moments. Just think about everything that we've read. Joshua 23, the past year, the coming year. All the stuff going on. Let's take a moment. Let's have a time of silence just to hear the voice of God so we can respond to Him. Let's do that now. Almighty God, we bow before you and we acknowledge you are the everlasting one.
You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the Creator and Sustainer. You are Redeemer. Father, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know you hold the future in your hands. We know that you are sovereign. Everything under your control. And Father, I pray for us as individuals and as a church that we remain faithful and committed, devoted to you. That we will cling to you and you alone. I pray, dear God, there's anyone here this morning who's never given their life to you and place their trust and faith in Christ and Christ alone, that this will be the hour and the day that that will happen. For those of us who made that decision, be it yesterday or a long time ago, may we recommit our lives to you, to remain faithful to you, in spite of our circumstances that we might find ourselves. We have seen you work. We have seen the results of your work. We know that you always keep your promises. As Joshua echoed those words so many many years ago, they still hold true today. Father, remind my dear brothers and sisters of all your promises that you have kept. Remind them, dear God, of every circumstance, issue, trial, situation, event, They know you're with them and that you promise never to leave them nor forsake them. If there's anything, any idol, any habit, any sin that is causing separation between us and you, Father, give us the strength, the wisdom, the discernment, to put it down and to cling to you with everything that we got. This is our prayer this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please?